Here? Yep. Here? Ladies and gentlemen, hello, good morning. It's sunny, we're happy today. So the dark storm clouds of a crazy market have been lifted and it's all smiles today. Today we're episode 246 titled, wait for it, what do realtors actually make? This is gonna get interesting. There's gonna be lots of comments that I'm gonna surely love to respond to or ignore, but I'm gonna be impartial today, if you can believe it, and I'm just expressing how things are out there in the world. I do not create the environment, I just play in it. Don't hate the player, hate, don't hate the game, hate the player, don't hate the player, hate the game. One of those two, okay. So a couple things, first of all, before I get into this, I need to be exclusively clear due to the Competition Act, there is no set commission. So Alan, you need to tie a little dinger and down here a counter. And then every time that is stated, I need it counted up because I need to be clear on that. Life is negotiable. Commissions are for the good or the bad no different. Although future sellers of mine, please don't try and negotiate because I will not. That's a joke, kind of. But anyway, there's no set commissions. It's number two on the dinger. Now, uh, before we get into that, actually, I'm going to go in a little public service announcement. Announcement. We all know young uh, Benjamin Mark with a C Robinson, my old sidekick. So right now you're going to cut to like a montage of us laughing with that Wayne's World song. Dream Weaver. So he's had a child, so congratulations. Ben and Ashley. Young Sky is out in my world now and uh, dealing with the things getting thrown at her. Of course, she hasn't left home yet because she's a couple weeks old now. So congrats to the lovely couple on the new franchise. So, okay, today we're gonna take this, there's a lot of different ways we can go about this. Go about talking about this very specific and controversial at times uh, subject. So. I'm gonna go down the road of what sellers selecting agents can and should expect from said agents for said price. As we know, there's no set commission, so this is always negotiable. But we're gonna start this by what is typically offered. Now last week, we went into how to sell a property in 2023. Screenshot. And I went into some of the fundamentals of basically my marketing plan uh, for listings and left out a lot of the peripheral stuff, but those were the fundamental building blocks. So this is a bit more for what sellers should be asking. I know there's first time sellers out there that may not know how those conversations go. They get 5 million flyers in the mail. Free market evaluation, let me in the door so I can tell you what it's worth, so you can use me, blah, 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 <clears throat> as you all know. So if you own something, I mean, even if you rent, but we're not gonna talk to them at this point. Uh, so if you own something and you haven't sold before, hopefully this will be a little bit of insight for you on what you can and should, in my opinion. I can't say that. There's no set assumption of anything. Everything's negotiable. 
but what you can and could assume to receive for said fee. Let's get into that. I've got notes again. This is a lot more painful because I'm looking down. I can't memorize all this. My old age is, uh, my brain is plastic now. So as we discussed last time, the typical stuff, uh, which I think is baseline, although it's still not used. Remember last week's example of the realtor who said, we don't need floor plans because no one looks at those. Um, but a baseline of photos, videos, floor plans, Mataports, online uh, exposure, paid promotion to get your listings out there. All those kind of basic fundamentals are there. So that's number one. Um, other things that you can look at as value proposition for the realtor your or realtors you're uh, interviewing, always interview more than one. A complete seven day schedule um, of, of availability of showing your listing. Does your realtor take Sundays off? Not a good thing or a bad thing, but if they get a request on a Sunday, are you gonna get that request that, can you get out of the house because we wanna show it on a Sunday? Maybe that's an assumed yes, maybe not. Uh, there's plenty of realtors out there that will do it. I'm sure there's plenty that want their weekends. <clears throat> so another question you should ask. Uh, understanding what they are selling and are they able to accurately answer questions to get the property sold? I'm never knocking new agents. I just want a disclaimer that I was one at one point. People gave me an opportunity and I love them for that. But there are aspects to the home that aren't so straightforward and we need to know that answers to questions that will be left field or typical can be answered. So make sure your agent is asking you more questions uh, than you're asking them because especially once you've committed to them to get the property sold, they need to know what the hell they're selling. Not just 500 square feet in the sky or 3,000 square foot house on a standard lot, there's a lot more to it than that. So are they equipped, are they equipping themselves with the questions to you and getting that answer back so they can sell properly or are they as resourceful as they need to be to get any answers uh, that they need to? Another subjective but important aspect to this. Understanding what they're selling so the agents are able to accurately answer questions to keep you, the seller, out of a lawsuit. No one thinks about that one. There are lawsuits flying around everywhere. And that agent is an extension of you and your property and your information. So when that agent is out there, you know we like to talk, again, dating back to the other one, are they giving accurate information? Are they not misrepresenting the offering? Very key, very seldom discussed. Next, how much experience does the agent have in selling properties in your property type and in your price point possibly? Price point a little less subjective, but house, condo, have you sold condos? Have you sold houses? Have you sold condos this big before? Have you sold condos this small before? Have you sold houses on lots this big before? In this location before? All these pre-qualifying points. Again, not to take away from new agents that they're not given a chance. You may need to coach them a bit more. Just because we're licensed does not mean we're the same. There are no two realtors alike. So uh, familiar with, again, condos, detached lands, delegation. This is freehold. Strata, leasehold, leasehold to the city of Vancouver, leasehold to a corporation. These things all offer 
totally different value propositions to the buyer. Do they know what you have? Do they know how to sell it? Have they done it before? Is there experience? Yada, yada, yada. All these points, all these points, all these points. How long have they been negotiating deals for? Again, not knocking, but have they been doing this for 20 years? Have they been doing this for five years part-time? Not, uh, I'm not gonna work with an agent that doesn't do more than 20 deals a year or something like that, but have you negotiated on this sort of thing before? Feeling out these questions. I feel a lot of people went in meetings with them as well. They're very, uh, obviously personality types, but timid to ask kind of these more probing questions. And we get in the second part of how much this is all costing you. Obviously it's not cheap and obviously properties are not cheap anymore at all. And we want to make sure that you're getting the right questions answered properly before you're clarifying who you're going to work with. Because there's always agents that will do all the stuff and that there's agents that won't. And that's fine as long as you know what you're getting again for that dollar. If two people are offering you the same amount of commission charged, they're probably offering different services and you want to know exactly kind of A to B what those are. And that's going to go beyond the paper, beyond the listing presentation and a bit more into their history specifically. So that was what is typically offered and some of the questions that you as the seller should be asking in my opinion. Okay, section two, what is typically charged? Now, as we know that no commission is set or the same, um, you know, two commissions are the same, I've got written down here. What are you paying for and what are you potentially getting for said amount? Now, I've done a little bit of digging. I'll talk about that after. So. Basically, we, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's typically what's called a full service and a discount, full service brokerage and a discount brokerage. A full service brokerage is more expensive. The commission is higher. And the theory behind that name is that they are offering you full service, so they're offering more. You get what you pay for. Uh, there's other brokerages that offer a lot less and you may not get such a roster of be it marketing or, or support or, or whatever levels uh, that the other side is offering simply due to the fact that there's less money in the equation. So there's less offered. So there's all sorts of commission structures out there. There is no set commission and no two commissions are the same, but typically, generally, never in stone speaking, you would probably have heard of a cost of 7% on the first 100,000 and two and a half percent on the balance. That is a very, I'll say almost original, and I'll get into that, why I'm using that word, uh, structure that is offered from a listing agent to a seller. A seller would pay that and incorporated within that, about 49% of that would go to a buyer's agent no set fee, non-firm uh, assumed typical amount for a buyer's agent is that 3.255% on the first 100,000 of the purchase price and 1.1625% on the balance of the purchase price, which works out to about 49% of the total commission. So if we were charging seven and two and a half, 49% of that is that equation I just said to the buyer's agent and that's their typical buyers. 
let's say, not in stone, but commonly utilized. Um, that seven and two and a half is kind of a typical starting commission point. New agents coming out the gate from a full service brokerage. Very commonly, this is what's charged. Uh, but never in stone. Um, and then the listing agent, who's assumably spending the money for all the marketing push, so on and so forth, is getting 51% of that, of that seven and two and a half. So that seven and two and a half, I would say for a full service agent is a not standard, but typical starting point. As you see agents getting a bit more experienced, years in the business, years of property experience, selling experience, negotiating experience, all the stuff discussed, we're getting, uh, we jump up again there. A common one for more experienced agents would be uh, a seven and three, 7% on the first hundred, now 3% on the balance. And again, like anything else, uh, you, if you're a contractor or a designer or a programmer, you got 10 years of experience, are you worth the same at year 10 as you were at year one? No, you're worth more. So no real difference here. So just to give you an example, on a $1 million sale, uh, this seven and two and a half, if we were using that as the baseline, which is common, but not in stone, uh, you're looking at 29,500 plus GST, the government always grabs. Uh, this is a service fee, so GST is applicable. Um, so as the buyer's agent, million dollar sale, seller pays 29,500 for their service. The buyer's agent gets paid out $13,717.50. And the listing agent gets $15,782.50. Totaling a cost to the seller of 29,500 plus GST. Baseline, not in stone, common baseline. Uh, that's seven and three, now we jump up, cost to the seller, 34,000. So from 29.5 to 34, so we're at about $4,500 more for the sale of that same $1 million property. Now typically, the buyer's commission never, not in stone, never exceeds this kind of baseline. It's pr you'll see cheaper, commonly. I've not commonly seen higher unless there's a bonus offered, which is we're not gonna talk about um, because it's not common, but that commission goes up for the experience of your listing agent, for the money your listing agent hopefully is putting out there to promote the listing and get it out further to get you more exposure and in turn, hopefully a cleaner, higher priced offer in a shorter amount of time. Again, that buyer's commission staying the same, 3255 and 1.1625 stays at 1371750. But now the listing side has been escalated a little bit. So before it was 5149 listing agent percentage of that fee to buyer's agent. Now we're at about 6040. So the listing agent amount on this now is 20,282 and 50 cents. So you can see a little bit of difference. Those are not in stone. Those are common numbers that you will safely expect to see out there. What you're getting for those common numbers is much more important. The market's gonna try and sell you services at that level, and what are you getting for that? So the first segment of this is kind of the, the be all and end all really. If you're getting paper put in front of you and saying this is what we're charging, you really need to ask the right questions and know what 
you're paying for and what sort of marketing you're getting, what sort of push your property's getting, and what sort of experience that the person that's talking on your behalf is has experienced to then convey out to the world on your behalf to get you the highest price in the short amount of time with the cleanest deal possible. So those are kind of the two normal full service fees. They're not normal, they're common, never in stone. The highest I've ever heard of is 8% on the first 100 and 4% on the balance. That's up there. I have not seen that marketing plan from that specific agent. He gets business. It's, it's a free market, so you have to understand nothing's in stone. If, if, if he presents that and I presented something lower, for example, the sellers got the choice to try and negotiate both of us and accept whoever they want or nobody. Remember, you can always list it yourself. You can hire, there's a new thing a couple years ago, again, Competition Act, get an agent to just put your property up on MLS, your phone number, photos, and do it all yourself. You don't need an agent to sell. Obviously, if you've got a life and you've got other stuff going on and you want someone with expertise, it makes the most sense, which is why I still have a job. But um, eight and four is the highest I've seen. So again, on that million dollar sale, seven, two and a half was 29,500. Seven and three was 34 even. Eight and four, 44,000. 10,000 more. So good for that gentleman who's chop, who chops, Jesus, who offers that and gets it and is successful just like anything else uh discount brokerages again i'm not part of one so i don't know there's severely diminished fees a lot of the stuff from what i've discussed there a lot of it is from what i've seen a common not in stone number ten thousand dollar flat fee um, for under a million and then that can jump uh, as you get over a million sale price point and again there's a percentage of that not as high as we're going to see in the full service brokerage uh, offered to buyer's agents. Not that buyer's agents aren't human and may be motivated by money and show people specific things. I can't speak for anyone. So for me, it made more sense to go to a full service brokerage, but I think my clients would be better served that way in the marketing we do and the uh, offerings we commonly do to buyer's agents that are successful. But that's aside, um, so there are diminished fees, uh, fee environments out there as well that you can go with. And again, it's negotiating and it's going to people if you want to pay less and you don't see the value, great. There's options out there for you and you can even do it yourself or there's a variety of people charging, not in stone, but a common realm price that you really need to ask the questions for to uh, get to the bottom of what you're getting for that, that uh, cost. Now, a little bit of digging that I did do before we go on to the last section here. I tried to find out when this entry level common number of seven and two and a half that is not uh, in stone was offered. Um, the oldest agent I could find was licensed in 1977 here in, uh, in Vancouver. And at that point, the MLS was just a thing. So before that, the fee was typically five and 2.5 for an exclusive offer because there's no MLS as you and I know it today, realtor.ca, there's no computers, there, was, I don't, there wasn't even fax machines back then. So the technology wasn't there to have all this information flowing so quickly. So 1977, um, when MLS was coming in, there was a lot of cost to MLS, 
Um, they had a book that went out every week with all of the listings in it. And they then, when that all started happening to get that MLS started, and again, primitive days of what we know today as the MLS, they needed to charge more. The agents were charged more, so the fee went up to that seven and two and a half from five and two and a half. And that was in the late 70s. So since then, not in stone, but since then a common number of this entry level of seven and two and a half has been a thing and hasn't changed. So of course, as we're running on percentages, the uh, real estate prices have dramatically changed. So that has brought these prices up um, because we're percentages of a, a larger number. But that's, I mean, that's 50 years ago. Uh, since the this structure um, got its framework, we'll say nothing's in stone, but the framework uh, has been in place for a lot longer than I've been in place, even myself in these crocs on this fine earth. Now, with that being said, we'll jump to section three. So I hope that's some clarity on what is typically charged, what you should ask and what should be expected. Section three here, I just wanted to jump into a, another like layer of this. Now that was all to sellers. Everyone else, including sellers that are saying, new agents, people looking to be agents, so on and so forth. From what I've seen, average realtor income in Vancouver last is, last is in the range of 75,000 to 95,000. Now, average income in BC is 68,250 last year. So that's interesting. And there's currently 15,049 realtors in the Greater Vancouver board. So with that average, as you can see, plenty below, plenty above, but that average is sitting kind of right above, give or take, a third of the average income that this province is offering in all jobs. And keep in mind too, 15,049 agents all fighting for that. You still have to go out and find clients, of course, uh, be the trusted source, get in the door and sell yourself and your services to get that, that pen to paper. 2022 December was the low of the market, as we all know, as we've discussed, and that had a 51.8% decrease in inventory from December 2021. So there was half the volume, not inventory, the sales volume, half the transactions taking place as the year prior. So you can say the year prior was crazy and yes, that's great, but there's 15,000 people fighting for double and then one year later, there's 15,000 people fighting for half the sales that are taking place. So it's a very, very competitive circle, which is why, again, we should be on our best uh, toes, best behavior, best, always best behavior, but our best selves in offering you the highest quality of presentation, representation, sorry, in all the marketing that is done, which again, touched on last week, touched on in the first half of this. It is a lot of money that you're spending to sell, so you deserve the most for that. So ask these questions and move forward with confidence that the money you're spending is worth it, basically. Are you getting the right guy or girl in the door on the contract speaking about your home to the world. Last but not least, uh, just general news, the Fed bumped their interest rate yesterday another 0.25. 
Apparently, verbiage in there is giving people the idea that they have now hit their expected ceiling. Still watching, nothing's in stone, but they think that they're there. Um, as you know, the last Bank of Canada meeting, we did not do anything. We held the next Bank of Canada rate meeting here is June 7. Will we follow the states? As you know, historically, we typically do. We've been in contrast to that the last couple of uh, rate meetings. So hopefully we stay on par to where we uh, currently are and not raise again. We'll see what happens, but that's all I've got. That's it. What do we have for time? 26. God damn it. Trying to get these down by about 10 minutes. <laughs> Thank you. If you have any questions, comments below, any elaborations needed on the breakdown that is not in stone, but whatever any agent wants to charge for his or her services, that is up to you to accept or not, I'd love to have that conversation below. Like and subscribe. Follow me on Instagram. I am Jay McKinnis. You'll get my most day-to-day -day updates there. And I will see you all next week. Thank you and good night.